Welcome to Lost in Translations. This is a very special edition for Women in Translations Mom. Welcome to Women in Translations Month and for this month I thought I'd do a bonus episode where I give some recommendations of women in translations and I'll just go through a few that I think are well worth reading and hopefully that might inspire you to read more women in translations. This year I have been reading a lot of translations. I started getting obsessed with translations and and I'm currently sitting at 75% of my reading being books in translation and I have been going down this rabbit hole for a while and I think starting this podcast has really helped. One of my goals for this podcast was to make sure that I had a balance between women and men in translations and you might have noticed that most of my episodes so far have been women in translations and I'm quite happy with that and I hope to keep up that. In my own personal reading I am sitting at 50% women in translations which is pretty awesome. And I hope to maintain that balance in my reading for the rest of the year and my life. So I want to start with some obvious recommendations because I feel that there has been a a bigger focus in women in translations lately. And that's probably thanks to Women in Translations Month. And I've been enjoying watching this project grow over the past few years and watching it get bigger and better. And I'm so glad that so many people have joined in. I feel like a lot of the internet bookish community are involved. It's got to the point now where I'm actually surprised when someone's never heard of Women in Translations Month. So that's probably a good sign for this project running every August. Obviously, we have to start with the most known woman in translation, and that's probably Eleanor Ferrante. And while I love the Neapolitan series, I think a lot of people have been reading those books and talking about the friendship between the two women. I think some of her standalone novels are well worth checking out as well. They are a lot shorter and really pack a punch, similar to the Neapolitan series, but done in about 150 pages. The book I want to recommend is Days of Abandonment. And this is the story of a woman struggling to raise her two kids after her husband's life and really breaking down mentally and emotionally and it was a raw emotional book and I feel like some of her standalones Alana Ferrante writes well about the woman's psyche under siege and Days of Abandonment is definitely a great example of that. All of the Alana Ferrante books have been translated into English by Anne Goldstein. Next I want to recommend The Elegance of a Hedgehog by Marielle Barbary and this is translated from the French by Alison Anderson and I love this book I recently reread this 
one earlier this year. This is a story of a concierge in a in a Paris apartment complex, and she's a very intelligent woman who hides her intelligence from the the world because she doesn't want to be looked down on, or maybe she just wants to be a recluse, which is completely understandable. But she makes friends with another intelligent girl who's pre-teen age, and eventually a Japanese man who moves into the building. But what I love about this book is not just the relationships, but the way everyone seems guarded about their own true selves and the way that they hide who they really are from people to protect themselves. And I think it's an interesting exploration into not being afraid to be your true self and the connections you can make if you are vulnerable in that way and able to be true and able to let people get to know you. Next, I want to recommend a book that seems to be all over the place at the moment, and it's a book that I read for Women in Translations Month, and that is Convenience Store Woman by Siaka Moretta, and that's translated from the Japanese by Janine Tapley Takamori. And what I love about this book is the dark humour, for one thing, but there is this whole sense of trying to understand who you are and being true to yourself, similar to the elegance of a hedgehog. But in this one, we have a convenience store woman who is happy in her life, but everyone expects her to move on. The social pressures are on her to get a better job, to get married, to have kids, and she doesn't fit into the norm. She enjoys her job as a convenience store worker because she has a manual that tells her how to act how to speak what to do and she feels comfortable in this position but when she steps out of her comfort and tries to be someone she's not that's when things get messy and I love this book because it gives us a chance to explore social norms and why we put these pressures on people why we expect people to act a certain way and why we don't let people live their lives the way they want to and I think it's important to remember that we should be true to ourselves and we should be living our own true self and this is why I love this book and for similar reasons to The Elegance of a Hedgehog, I think it's a great examination of being who you are. Although with The Elegance of a Hedgehog, it's more about letting people see who you are. With this book, it's about not letting people dictate who you are. Now, for those who are more into a little bit of darker literature, maybe a bit of crime thriller type novels, I want to recommend two books to you. The first one being out by Natsu Kirino and this is translated from the Japanese by Steven Snyder and I really love this book for its dark rawness it has murder it has women banding together to try and help each other out the secrets and how they take toll on different people and it is a real exploration into marriage and not being happy and in female friendship and loneliness and there's something about the grittiness that I really love and I love crime that is gritty I normally like darker literature so I was definitely drawn to this one might not be for everyone because it is very brutal and it is very graphic 
but there is so much in this book worth exploring. And unfortunately with crime novels, I always find it difficult to give a synopsis because you don't want to give too much away. You just want to give enough to interest the reader without spoiling the experience. And a lot of books, I feel like the experience is the important part of the reading experience. And I don't want to ruin that in any way. So if you like something a little grittier, if you like something with some murder and some graphic details, if you like dark literature, then definitely check it out. And the other one is not so much crime, but it is called Lullaby by Leila Salami, translated by Sam Taylor. This is called The Perfect Nanny in North America. And this book starts off with the death of two children. And then we go back and look at the mother of these two children and her desire to go back to work and how she searched for a nanny to look after her children and all the feelings that boiled up inside her, the feelings of leaving her kids alone with perfect stranger, the feelings of abandoning her kids and feeling selfish for going back to work and so many other different emotions. And I know Laylee is a mother of two as well. It says so in her bio at the back of the book. And I kind of feel like this is autobiographical in a sense that she's letting all her feelings of returning to work, all her feelings of raising children play out in this book. And I think that's what makes this book an interesting read. I think been able to explore the inner thoughts of motherhood and how she's feeling about working and about someone looking after her kids. And it's a book that you might not love, but it's a book that you will probably continue to think about constantly. And I had the same feelings and that's why I want to recommend it because it'll leave you pondering the idea of having a nanny, the idea of all those thoughts you might experience if you have to leave your kids with someone to return to work and well worth reading, even if it's not the best book you read this year. So moving on to more general recommendations that are not necessarily books that you hear all over the place. I would like to recommend Die My Love by Mariana Horwicks, and this is translated from the Spanish by Sarah Moses and Carolyn Orloff. And why I want to recommend this one just after recommending The Nanny. This is the raw, intense emotions of a woman who's just given birth. And a lot of people say it's postpartum depression. A lot of people say it's probably postpartum psychosis. But it's so intense and it's so emotional. Just those feelings of feeling like she is trapped, feeling like she will never be the person she once was and never be able to go out into the world and live her dreams. And I recommend this book because it's so intense, it's so raw, and it is able to do so much in such a short period of time. This is an example of the way short books can deal with so much so quickly without having to be a 500-page book. I feel like there's so much intensity of emotion going on in this book of a hundred pages than there are in books of a thousand pages and that tightness that impactfulness is what makes this book so amazing and it's a book I read because of the long list for the Man Booker International Prize and it became my favorite on the long list 
And it's going to be a difficult read. It will make you uncomfortable, but it is definitely worth reading and I highly recommend it. For something a little less intense, I would go with The Lover by Marguerite Duras, translated from the French by Barbara Bray. This is a beautiful novel in the sense that the writing is what will keep you going. It's what will drive you through the book. It's a story of a young French woman living in Indochina, which is now Vietnam, and falling in love with an older Chinese man. It's told from the perspective of a present-day narrator and from the perspective of her as as this young woman. And this gives you the ability to look at the romance from this teenager's eyes, from this feeling of this is the greatest love in the world kind of feeling and you know teenage romance written on the page and then you've got this reflection of the relationship and understanding just how much that has affected her life and I just adore this book I can't recommend it enough I think the writing the way she experiments with the style and the way she uses the past and the present narrative to tell a story of love and the retrospective approach to it just talking about it I just want to go pick it up again I think it's a beautiful elegant book and probably one of my favorite I haven't read any other duress novels and I'm hoping to get to her in the future again because I really think she's a writer well worth exploring. Speaking of teenager narratives, I want to recommend August by Romina Paula. This is translated from the Spanish by Jennifer Croft. And I've talked about this book probably in a few episodes so far of Lost in Translations. This is a story of a woman going back home to grieve her best friend, who she lost five years ago and it combines nostalgia it combines a lot of references to pop culture and a feeling of being a teenager with this grief so it kind of works as a coming of age story but it kind of works as a grief narrative as well and I think the two combine really well it like coming home and feeling like your old self again and feeling all those emotions and those thoughts you had when you were a teenager and that's definitely what makes this book interesting that's definitely what makes this book worth reading and Jennifer Croft an awesome translator so definitely check her out and basically I just love Argentinian literature and I think there have been a lot of great female writers coming out of Argentina at the moment being translated into English and you have things like Die My Love which I mentioned before you have Fever Dreams you have a book I want to mention later the things we lost in the fire we have savage theories we have so many great women in translations from argentina and i just love their style i just love argentinian literature because there is so much politically going on in argentina worth exploring it's like political turmoil is something that i'm really drawn to and for some reason i've been reading a lot of latin american novels and i've been really drawn to them lately but Argentina seems to be where I am drawn to the most and I can't put it into words why but I think they are producing a lot of great women in translations 
at the moment. And I hope they continue to translate more of the women writers from Argentina in the future. Next, I want to recommend something from Equatorial Guinea. And this is the first woman from this country to be translated into English. This is La Pasada by Tafania Malibi Obono. And this is translated by Lawrence Schmel. And this is a book that I finished earlier this month. It's a look into queer culture from the perspective of the Fang culture. And it explores the life of this woman who is just had a period so now she's expected to get married and bring in a dowry and start producing children but there's something about her that doesn't want to conform to these and eventually she discovers that she is a lesbian and the book is a coming of age story of her discovery and her journey in a culture that expects her to be a certain way and if you think about it in western culture kind of thoughts those kind of feelings must be fairly similar for everyone i have no experience with this being a white straight man but i think the way she was able to capture her feelings and explore the culture and look at these feelings translates from her african heritage to the rest of the world and i believe this is a very important piece and i would like to see everyone read it i'd like to see a lot more people read it i know it's only just been released into english recently so not many people have had the chance yet but I think there's so much to talk about and well worth exploring the discovery of sexuality trying to work out what to do with these feelings in a culture that expects so much of her and has this huge emphasis on fertility and reproduction so this is a book that I'll probably talk about in the future on the podcast because there's so much to talk about but it's one that I wanted to recommend now I want to recommend The Door by Magda Sabo and this is a Hungarian modern classic translated by Len Ricks and I think this is one of the best examples of a female relationship I've read in a long time because it explores the nuances of friendships. It goes through the ups and the downs, the struggles and the secrets and the way we close ourselves off to others and so many different aspects. And I think that's what makes this book interesting. There is so much worth exploring and so much to talk about about this book, but I will not do that right now because later this month, this is the book that I'm going to be talking about with my wife for the podcast, so stay tuned for that one. If you're more into nonfiction, I think one of the people to check out is Slevlana Alexevich, and she has written three different books that I have read so far, one being Voices of Chernobyl, which is about people's experiences during the Chernobyl disaster, the second-hand time, which is where she interviews people about the Soviet collapse and how they feel about it, going through a range of different feelings, and the third being The Unwomanly Face of War, which is one I read this year, and that's about women in World War II and what they got up to and the way men reacted to women fighting the war, the feelings they had to go through, the, the sense of they wanted to be a part of this they wanted to be helping in any way possible but the men thinking wait war is for men and women shouldn't be involved and there was a lot of Russian women that went on to do so much for the Russians in the war and I think this book explores it and I think 
Svetlana Alexevich is an amazing author and she writes really interesting books. So if you're interested in history, especially Russian history, then definitely check her out because she goes for that oral history approach, which means she interviews a whole lot of people getting different experiences and different perspectives and it gives you so much to explore about the history what i love about second hand time you have people that wish the soviet union didn't collapse people that have not lived through the horrible disasters of the soviet union you have people that are glad it's over you have so many different opinions and so many different thoughts on the topic I learned so much about Paris Striker and the collapse from reading this book. If you are more into short stories, then maybe read something like Revenge by Yoko Agawa. And this is also translated from Japanese by Steven Schneider. These are 10 interconnecting stories, but they are short stories that explore thoughts of revenge, thoughts of loneliness, and a whole range of different thoughts. They're a little gruesome, they're a little dark, but that's the kind of book I'm interested in. So apologies to anyone that wants a little bit of a lighter read. I don't read that type of book that much, so I can only recommend what I love. Revenge, obviously, Tales of Revenge. And Yoko Agawa writes a lot of great books. Her novel, The Professor and the Housekeeper, is not as dark. It's very different. And I keep thinking that every time I read this author, she writes a different style, a different book every time. And normally when you get an author, you kind of get a sense of their style and what they try to do. But I feel like she is changing her style with every book. And that's an interesting approach and keeps things fresh. Obviously for short stories, I can't go past recommending Things We Lost in the Fire by Mariana Enriquez and this is translated by Megan McDonald. And this was actually the first episode of Lost in Translations. This is the first book I did and I absolutely adore this book. I think it was one of the best books I read last year and it's a book I keep thinking about. These are short stories about women experiencing horrible things It's a horror novel, but the horror aspects are not what makes this intense to read. It's this whole exploration into women trying to live their life normally and trying to live through some... It's this whole feeling of women trying to live their life normally and the way they get treated, the fears that they go through. And the horror aspects kind of bring this tension to these stories but then they just fade away and I think the idea behind the horror is to make the reader feel tension make the reader feel just for a moment that feeling that these women go through this feeling of fear and maybe that they're going to die and I think that's what I loved about this novel obviously I'm not going to talk about this one too much not diagnose the meaning behind these stories because I'd rather people go down Download episode one and listen to that conversation. If you like something a little more challenging, maybe something like Savage Theories by Paula Ozaraz. This is another Argentinian novel, and this one is translated by Roy Beasy. And it's hard to explain this one. This one deals a lot with theory and how it relates to the human condition. We have this narrator who is exploring her thesis of violence and culture and we're looking at depression and eroticism and there's a whole lot of different things happening within Savage Series. It is kind of a philosophical 
meditation into our culture or more importantly Argentinian culture as that is where she's from and we have an anthropologist and we have some theories come up about different societies and different ways of living and we're looking at like sex and video games and internet culture and violence and the way we treat each other and there's so much going on it's so hard to explain because it it is basically a thought experiment it's a basically this character trying to understand the world trying to make sense of the world and using her knowledge in anthropology and philosophy and sociology to try to understand what's happening and a very difficult book to read but worth it i think and i can only understand a fraction of it and i still think that made it worth it and maybe with some rereads i'll be able to understand a lot more and begin to unpack just how amazing this book is because there is so much to talk about there's so much to explore and i find it very difficult to not recommend this book because i think sometimes the most challenging books are the most rewarding and i definitely felt a sense of accomplishment getting through this book even though i don't think i understand everything that was happening even though I know that I'm going to have to reread this book so many times in the hope to understand more. And finally, another difficult book to read is the Croatian book, and this is Belladonna by Daza Derndit. And this one was translated by Cecil Hawksworth. And this is kind of a blend of difficult reading, but it has a lot of humor and it has a lot of beauty. It's complex, it's moving, it's this idea of engaging with the horrors of our past and understanding who we are this is more psychoanalysis this is more psychology happening and we're looking at things like memory and our history and past illnesses and the way it affects us it is focused a lot around research similar to savage detectives so both these difficult books are more academic in a sense but they're both beautiful reads and i think the way this looks at our past is fascinating and trying to understand who we are by our past actions and our past mistakes and everything that happens and this is one of those books again where i only begin to understand a small fraction of it but i think i feel accomplished for reading it and i know that rereading this book is something i'm going to have to do and it is something i'm looking forward to doing because it is beautiful it is humorous it is a challenge but a challenge worth taking and i think if you are the type of person that wants to conquer something difficult either savage series of belladonna are books well worth checking out so those are my recommendations those are the books that i think are well worth checking out and i would love you to tell me some of the books you recommend lost in translations is all over social media so you can follow us or reply to us at translations pod on facebook on instagram on twitter on litzy so if you have some recommendations please let us know i definitely want to hear some more recommendations and i did tweet about this earlier this month and i want to give a special shout out to 
Stephen at Noir Press because he replied and he gave me a recommendation. So I want to recommend that one as well, even though I haven't read it. Shout out to Stephen for recommending it. And that is Breathing Into Marble, published by Noir Press. And this is by Lara Sinteji Kandaske. And this is translated by Marja Mazenkut. And this is a Lithuanian book. It's poetic. It's dark. It's about an adopted orphan who has no idea of the tragedy family has suffered and he was taken from his home and from his country but the past kind of haunts him and it sounds like an amazing book and I am looking forward to being able to read this one but I did want to recommend this one because Stephen was kind enough to send out a recommendation so definitely check that one out and stay tuned there'll be a new podcast out very shortly in the next few days where I will be talking about the door with my wife thank you for listening if you want to support lost in translations please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show and please remember to subscribe and while subscribing please rate the show this will help others find the podcast all our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and let's see under translations pod Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukabar and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production.